Caution. The contents of this podcast may be historical, but they're still served piping hot. We're brewing up the classics here on the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast. Welcome back to the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast. My name is Asa. And I'm Allison. And this week on the Coffeehouse, we bring back a good friend of the show, Felix Mendelssohn. Now, a few years ago, we put out a short biographical series about Mendelssohn and his sister, Fanny. And you can hear those as episodes 49 and 50. But this week, we are delving into Mendelssohn's Piano Concerto number two. So let's get right into it. This particular concerto was written in the year 1837. Now, this was an interesting time in Felix's life. Just two years prior, he had been deeply saddened by the death of his father. However, he had also recently become engaged and married to his wife, Cécile Jean Renaud. According to writings by his sister Fanny, Cécile was a charming girl who Felix was lucky to have. During this time, Mendelssohn was also at the height of his career. After his father's death, he was inspired to complete his epic work, the St. Paul Oratorio, and in 1838, he also began his beloved violin concerto, though he wouldn't complete it for another six years. Now, this piano concerto was written for a special occasion, the Birmingham Music Festival in England. And you'll recall from our larger biography of Mendelssohn that Queen Victoria had taken quite a liking to his music. Similarly, Mendelssohn had taken quite a liking to England, and thus he made frequent trips for performances there throughout his life. When the concerto premiered at the festival, Mendelssohn proved himself not only a worthy composer, but also a splendid performer as he took on the role of the piano soloist. Now, sadly, in our modern times, Mendelssohn's first piano concerto is the more highly regarded and more widely performed of the two that he wrote. And since this second concerto was written for a festival, some critics felt that its composition was rushed. Some also criticize it as not being in Mendelssohn's true style. As it was written during his honeymoon with his new wife, several critics feel it is too happy and carefree, and not really as full of substance as other of Mendelssohn's works. Now, this may be true to a degree, but we're also talking about a master romantic here, even his more quote-unquote trivial works will still have a certain grandeur and innovation to them. And certainly to modern ears, this doesn't sound contrite in the slightest. Mendelssohn, of course, felt this was a worthy piece and not just a toss-away work exclusively for the festival. He did go back and make revisions to perfect the work, showing he did in fact care as much about it as his other long-enduring favorites. And now getting into the actual music here. This second piano concerto is written in the key of D. However, this finale movement that we'll be looking at today starts in the fourth of D, specifically G minor. 
The opening grand chords from the orchestra start with a dotted 8th 16th rhythm, followed by quarter notes that progress upwards. This upward minor progression right from the start of the movement is somewhat similar to Mendelssohn's own Italian symphony with its opening chords of the fourth movement. And now note that that piece was written five years earlier in 1833. Though this is a fairly obvious point, we'll state it anyway. The piano is an instrument that can play multiple notes at once, and thus can be its own accompaniment. And as such, the piano doesn't really need the orchestra. There are several extended periods in this movement where the piano plays all on its own, and you don't even miss the orchestra. And here are just a few examples. It is awfully nice to have an orchestra along for the ride, and Mendelssohn truly uses the orchestra to complement the piano. Here, the piano has just come out of a fully solo section and is now repeating essentially the same passage. However, the high strings come in with a counter melody to add background interest. One point of criticism we have found for this work, and note this is a very minor detail, don't get us wrong, this is a lovely piece, but that criticism comes in the final transition out of the quote development section and into the final return of the theme. And we are using these terms for sections loosely because this is not true sonata allegro form. So in the development section, we are pedaling along well in a cute 3-4 time. And then we start hearing the orchestra play the dotted 8th 16th rhythmic motif from the beginning of the piece, and this is a clear signal that we're getting ready to wrap up into the final section. And we even get some sequencing in the piano, a sure sign of a transition indeed. Then the piano goes off into an offbeat syncopation with downward groups of three. Now, this is a bit sudden, but nothing we can't get over. And again, we have lovely sequences. So far, everything is looking good. Now, the problem, if you can call it that, comes with how long Mendelssohn spends with this new syncopation. It's four bars long, and then he just jumps right back into the feel and time we had before. So here is the whole passage in context.
it just seems that Felix could have spent some more time in that syncopation and maybe included the orchestra a little bit more to give this return of the theme a bit more grand of a feeling to match the mood of the rest of the movement. But we're nitpicking here, and all that aside, Mendelssohn did end the movement with a very grand-sounding passage for the piano with some orchestral accompaniment, and of course, diminished chords. with its constantly flowing 16th notes that utilize the full breadth of the keyboard sounds right on point for the type of works the great keyboard virtuosos of the later romantic era would write for themselves. A truly excellent work indeed. Now, do remember to go back and listen to our previous biography episodes about Mendelssohn. Again, those are episodes 49 and 50. And if you like what you've heard here, or what you heard there, do consider dropping a like and a follow of us on your podcast platform of choice, and sharing us with a like-minded friend or family member. Gotta spread the love of that classical music around. For the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast, I'm Asa. And I'm Allison. Thank you so much for listening. The Piano Concerto No. 2 in D, Movement 3, was performed by Yuli Su and the Taipei Chamber Philharmonic, conducted by Wilbur B. Lin. You can find The Coffee House on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You can follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Email us at coffeehouseclassical at gmail.com. Music